Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. I hope your week is going well. I've invited a friend, Miss Lisa McGee. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're with us, and I know that we had to work around a work schedule to find a time to even record, so I'm thrilled that this time is working out for us. Great. Yes, it's been a real busy, busy time, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, Lisa is very active in her church, Galena Park Baptist Church. She's definitely one of those strong second chair leaders. But Lisa's also a nurse. And Lisa, that's a little bit of what I wanted, what want the ladies to get to hear from you today. But if you don't care, before we before we do that, let them know a little bit of who Lisa is. Tell them a little bit about you and what your life looks like. I'm a wife, a mother of five beautiful grown children. <laughs> Emphasis <laughs> on grown. <laughs> and I have 12 grandchildren and one great grandchild. And came uh, along the way, Pastor Johnson and his wife, they are my neighbors. They live about four or five houses down from me. And I got introduced to them through my husband who had, um, he does like lawn care business. And one day Pastor Johnson happened to see him with a sign on his truck. And so from there, we got invited to the church and we just been serving ever since. And like I said, that was back in 2017. But for me, I um, was raised up both my mom and dad. I lost my dad when he was uh, 48 years old. So my mom basically had to raise three girls. And it, it was it was hard not having the other parent there. And um, he died from having multiple heart attacks. Like I said, he was 48 and my mom was 42. So she had to raise these three teenage girls. So yeah. it was like, wow, but we did have structure in the church prior to that. But of course, you know, we've all fallen away. Young teenagers really didn't have the mentors and the people to just, you know, bring us along the way. And so throughout my life, I've been like a church here, church there, but always had in my heart that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that he died for my sins. That was never a question. It was just me and being influenced by the world. But now, you know, as Romans 12, 2 brings out, I am no longer, you know, transformed. And I'm not of the world, but, you know, I'm just here in the world, just getting myself together to be able to meet with Jesus Christ when he comes. And I'm so excited because as we see today, a lot of things are changing and they're changing quickly. And I'm telling people now is the time to get on board before the doors close. But yeah, it's been just great. And it's just been serving Galena Park. It's just been wonderful for me because that was a new avenue for me. Because like I said, I never did anything like that. And man, just seeing things from behind the scenes, how God is just moving and changing things. And I'm just like, wow, you know, it's just awesome. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that we don't serve a true living God. He is almighty God, the most high. And it's just awesome to see the things that he is doing, not as well as in my life, but as well as in our church family. And it's just awesome. Lisa, I, I don't know that I knew that part of your story that you lost your father. You know, he was a very young age and your mom was young, you know, when she was widowed. 
when did you lean in? When did you get serious about discipleship? You know, you're saying you always knew Jesus was Savior. When did you lean in? What did that process look like for you as a teenager to come in? And you said, you know, we we all kind of back away. So obviously that was part of your story. But but what did it look like for you to come back to the table? Basically, when after I became an adult, you know, to the way the childish things kind of grew up, you know, because then I I was also faced as being a teenage mom. Because, you know, like I said, my dad was gone. I had my oldest uh, daughter when I was uh, 17. Like I said, not really having a mentor. My mom, she had struggled trying to raise us three girls. She had a drinking problem and, you know, but, you know, still maintain a job. She worked for Caterpillar. But, you know, the structure was kind of a little bit gone because she was lost because her husband was gone. And like I said, she's faced with these three teenage girls and here we were, you know, and then we had our relatives come in and try to help us or help her, you know, try to father figure type things. But like I said, it was just the, the peer pressure and the world and the things that the enemy sets out there and dangles in front of you. And you just latch on to that. And like I said, I began having children. Then I uh, met my husband and ended up having children. (laughs) And we weren't even married yet. We were living together and not realizing that this is not what God's intention was for a man and a woman. You know, it's to marry under his leadership and, you know, following his word. And so it it took a lot. And then, like I said, as I uh, grew older, we finally did get married after what, let me see. I was getting ready to have my fifth child. (laughs) We finally got married. And I don't know, I just feel that God had always been in my life. It was me that wasn't paying attention and, you know, backing away from the Lord, you know, wanted to do the worldly things. I found it interesting though, that once I latched on to Jesus. My life changed tremendously. Well, things are starting to click with me right now because I'm starting to understand some of your passion for the young women that you and sister Vivian, or I call first lady Vivian, are working with that God's got, you know, so put on your heart there at Galena. And obviously that's one big area you're seeing God work right now, but you're seeing them and understanding a little bit, not of their walk, you're understanding the culture. And I'm thinking of some of the things that you've shared with me, you know, over the past few months, you understand the world, but when you have this increased sense of urgency, and a lot of that is fueled because you understand the world and you're seeing the rapid change of culture that it's even hard for you to wrap your head around right now and seeing those young girls just be sucked in and sucked in and you truly are coming alongside them and being a message of hope yeah yeah because like I said I I was out there I I know what it's like to you know parties the clubs and all of that and knowing that it was no good because like I said yeah you might have a little happiness that night or you know whatever or going out with your girlfriends but then after all that's over with, you're unhappy. And it's just like, okay, where's the missing void at? And that void in my life was Jesus Christ. And now Mm -hmm. I have the joy that no one can take from me. I have the joy. And that's why I look at these young people. And I have three girls and two sons, and I'm looking at them as well. My oldest daughter is very active in her church. My other two, I'm trying to get them on board, just setting the example and doing the right things. And that's what I see in these young women out here, because it's, it's, I want people not to do it the way I did it. I want them to first develop that relationship with God, which is so important. And then of course, God will 
supply all their needs and give them more abundantly what it is that they need if they continue to be obedient to him. And that's why I want to reach out to these young people and let them know all of this stuff is just temporarily. It's it's fading away quickly. And like yeah. I said, now's the time for them to get on board. That's that's good. That's good. Because I mean, I know you have that sense of urgency burning inside. So that that helps me understand a little bit more, Lisa, you know, kind of what's underneath driving it. So when did you go to nursing school? Because I know you're a nurse. Uh, yeah. Well, let's see. I started off in 1980 trying to go to nursing school. And like I said, I had my daughter at that time. She was like, what, three years old, I think. And it just wasn't working out. So I stopped. And like I said, I ended up having four more children. And then finally, I decided when I was, uh, what, 28 to go back and start getting my prereqs done. And then I went to Methodist School of Nursing. So I did a, I'm a diploma nurse. I did three years. I came out, I think, when I was like, what, 32, I think. And because I wanted to build a foundation for my children, you know, as not wanting, not, and there's nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having help from the state or whatever, you know, but I wanted not to be caught in the system like that. I wanted to do, and I knew I could do better. And I was able to become a nurse to help my children do what they want to do, you know, help them with their college or whatever it is that they needed to do. And so I've been nursing now for like 26 years and I've done a lot in my nursing career. I worked, you know, of course, in the hospital setting, the clinic setting. I did travel nursing. I um, ended up losing my mom unexpectedly. And I had talked to her before she passed about doing travel nursing because I don't know. I wanted to grow more. I worked at all three of the hospitals here in Peoria. We, at the time, it was Proctor Hospital, Methodist Hospital, and St. Francis Hospital. And I had worked, you know, and learned a lot and done a lot. So I wanted to get out. And like I said, my mom just unexpectedly passed away. So that was the changing thing that really had pushed me out there to go travel. So getting out there and just seeing the world and seeing what was out there was good for me because I was actually trying to find myself. At the time, me and my husband, we had divorced and we were no longer in contact with each other. At that time, he was not a man of God. You know, he was out there in and out of prisons. And here I am with five children. And, and so I went ahead and traveled and did that and then uh, ended up coming back home. I traveled for like uh, six years. I traveled and then came back home. And then for some reason, God put my husband back in my life a second time. So I've been married twice, but to the same man. <laughs> And so the good thing about that, though, is that he found God and God changed his life. And now he's a, a deacon at Galena Park Baptist Church. So it was awesome to see God working in his life. And it's just like, boy, you know, that old saying, boy, if he can change him, God can change anybody. Because uh, my husband was, wow, he was a piece of work. <laughs> But yeah, it was just awesome seeing him do that. And so on my journey as becoming a nurse, I never thought that God would use me in the way that he has. And it's just awesome because now, like I said, my knowledge and my relationship with him growing closer and learning everything it is that he wants me to know, I've been able to share that along with other people that I have come across uh, as well, you know, staff as well as patients. 
And it's just awesome. Like I said, seeing how God is using me to do his work is just awesome. Yeah, Lisa, that is just a great pivot because that that's where I want to go with the story. And I, I can just sit here and listen to you because I'm loving hearing more of your story because I'm I'm starting to understand the confidence. You have such a genuine confidence, but you you've seen God do the miracles in your own life. You know you're the new creation. You you've walked it and your identity in Christ is grounded in in Again, when you've experienced it, it's like the blind man, right? He says, yeah, you want to say about Jesus? All I know is I was blind and now I see. So this is my story, which is the power of our testimonies. And and I love that. But go ahead and I want you to share some of those specific examples. And I do want you to get into because I know you're at a dialysis unit right now. And I want you to share a little bit about how God is using you there um, as you're just diligent to show up with his eyes. You know, you're in a posture to watch where's he working and realize that that job is just a platform for you as long as God wants to keep you there. But the special thing about dialysis, it's a short term patient, but you get them on a long term basis. So they're yeah. short term that it's in and out, right? It's a clinic setting, but but you're you get to see those folks. It's like God brings your own community or small group to you. So so continue talking and and, and let our listeners know a little bit about what life looks like for you and give some specific examples how God has worked through you. Yes, I'm a dialysis nurse. I see patients three days a week. We are we're open six days a week. So we have patients that come Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then we have patients that come Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So you begin to build a rapport with them because they see you on a day-to-day basis when when you're there. And then two, we take care of their whatever needs that they need, you know, transportation. We have a social worker there. We have a nurse practitioner, you know, and so we do whatever we can to help them. But then I noticed a lot of these patients have been doing dialysis for a while and you could see that they were struggling with not really accepting the fact that they wouldn't be able to get a kidney some of them or, you know, because of their age, they've been doing it for such a long time. And then a lot of them develop a lot of comorbidities. And so it's just like, wow, these people need to know Jesus. So I just started every now and then being mindful that, you know, I am working in a community setting and also working for a company that, you know, you have to be careful, but I just prayed to God about it. Cause it's just like, God, if, if it's for your will, and if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And I was like, if God is for me, who can be against me? And he protected me. And I was just like, if this is not what I'm supposed to do, and if this door does close, God will open up another door. But so far, this door has not closed for me. And it's exciting because I just started just talking to people about Jesus, you know, letting people know, do you know Jesus? You know, some of them, yeah, well, you know, I'm Catholic, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm just like, but do you know Jesus, you know? And so you kind of get the feel of those that are interested and those that aren't. The first uh, dialysis clinic I worked at, the downtown unit here in Peoria, and I met this man. He was blind. He had just relocated from Indiana. And so right away, I just pounced right on it because he would come to dialysis with a handmade wooden cross. And he would sit in his chair while having dialysis, hanging on to this cross and praying. So I just walked up 
you know, and said, do you go to church? And he said, well, I used to, I'm not from here. I'm from Gary, Indiana. And, you know, and I'm just like, oh, well, I see you, you know, have your cross and everything. He says, oh yeah, I'm a believer, this and that. And so I introduced him. I said, well, you know, I go to a church. I'm more than happy to pick you up. And first, his first thing was like, you will? And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, we want to come to the Lord. Yeah, I'll pick you up. So me and my husband started picking up Jeff bringing them to church. Then I would be his dialysis nurses Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then, you know, we'd be brothers and sisters in church on Sundays. So one day he finally, he nudged me and we were at church and he was just like, I think I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. And I'm like, what? And that was just a glorious time seeing him give himself, you know, to the Lord. He came up and joined church. And then from there, he's in our choir. He also just recently became deacon at our church. And then also he was introduced to Sister Vivian and Pastor Johnson's daughter, and they started dating. And now that is his wife. But I just thank God because I was just there to share the gospel with him. And we talked about it. And this man is blind. And he'll tell you, now I see. And I'm everybody's just like, it's just awesome because he, you know, he says, well, if Nurse Lisa hadn't, you know, started talking to me, I don't know how I would have been able to get to church or, you know, whatever. And so here we are today. And then on top of that, he ended up getting a kidney. So he had a kidney transplant. So he no longer does dialysis now. So it's just awesome how God is just moving in his life. Yeah. See, I love that. And when I heard when you and I had lunch, couple three months ago or whatever and you were just sharing some of that I'm like I love that that's when I knew I wanted to share a little bit of the story because Lisa I think so many times we're just going out into our jobs and seeing them as a job and not necessarily as a as a platform that God has positioned us out there amongst the people. And I yes. use that common term. I, I reference that as the marketplace. In any words, anywhere outside the four walls of our local church that God positions us. But we have to be, we have to be in a posture of asking God to give us your eyes, God, to be able to be in a posture, to give us your eyes, to be able to see what you're what you're seeing. And heaven comes to earth as you, <laughs> and when you're when you get to be part of God working through you to touch a life and change a life and transform a life, man, that's addictive. <laughs> you know, that you just, yes. it's just like bringing the next because it starts to build that confidence. And so I love, I love that part of your story. And I love that you acknowledge the fact that God's not moved me yet. Yes. And it's just awesome because then I ended up transferring from downtown over to East Peoria. And it's a smaller clinic and was there again, pretty much everyone knew, you know, that I go to church because I'm always talking, inviting our staff to church or, you know, talking to the patients. Well, there was another young man who I got to know and I had invited him to come to church. And there was another nurse there and she, you know, was from Africa and she had invited him to her church before I even, you know, started working there. So his, his question was, well, will I be able to understand, you know, your church? I'm like, of course you will. You know, so I started inviting him and he was, he kept telling me, yeah, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. And he never did, would never come. He said he was just telling me that. So I would quit bugging him as he said about it. Well, one day, cause he's a, a also not only did he do dialysis? He's a bad, brittle diabetic. And uh, one day, I guess his blood sugar went really, really low. 
And he found himself driving his car like down the railroad tracks from his home. And he pretty much could have ended up in the Illinois River. And so he went, they ambulance came and everything, I guess, and they took him to the hospital and everything. And the next day, because that was on a Saturday, he was running, literally running through the doors of the church to come. And he came a couple of times and finally he joined church and he was like, yeah, I kept telling sister Lisa that I was coming. I was coming. I never was coming. I guess God showed me because he had to get my attention and his attention was, he, you know, almost passed. He did pass out and almost lost his life driving down on a railroad track with his car. And he's been there ever since. And just sharing the word with him, he ended up joining church. And now he as well has became a deacon at our church. But what an example, again, ladies, if you're listening, you know, we say this all the time. We're we're stronger in numbers. God's church is the church with the big C. We have brothers and sisters all around. And we look at the early church. We need to be reminded of that because sometimes we can get lonely. Just don't get isolated. We can't get isolated. That's where the enemy wants us. And so that's what I love about this part of Lisa's story and the fact that God had connected us several years ago and I continue to learn from her. She can continue to learn from some of you guys that are in our community. So we're saying get connected because God may have you positioned somewhere and you just need to hear somebody else's story to help you raise your chin up and realize he's planted you there. He's working there or he wouldn't have sent you. You may need a resource and there's resources to be shared. That's the beauty of us coming together. So if you're not connected, I say this every week, get connected. You can find us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Follow us on Instagram at at Illinois Baptist Women or come to our website, um, ibsa.org backslash women and check resources. And Lisa's already referenced things like our priority conference. Lisa's participated in some of our leadership cohorts, our essentials training. Those resources are there to equip you. But specifically today, as Lisa's been talking, I do want to mention, and we'll put this in the episode notes for you. I want to mention this faith community health initiative that we're rolling out because there is such a gap in healthcare right now. And, and we're not throwing anybody under the bus. We're coming alongside healthcare providers to, to because there's such a gap that healthcare providers are not able to deliver the care that they want to deliver for a variety of reasons right now. And there's a huge opportunity for the church to come along. So if you're the healthcare worker that's out there, listen to Lisa's story, put yourself in a posture, realize God has you there. But at the same time, understand you're not the savior. And if you're feeling like you're not enough right now, you're not alone because a lot of your colleagues are feeling the same way. Reach out to us. We might be able to to connect to some resources to help with that. So Lisa, I'm loving that you shared your time with us today, shared your story. I love your heart. I love your intentionality, you know, for your involvement in the church. Um, you're you're sharing your life. You're willing to get into the muck with somebody. And what I love is you're not necessarily screening them and interviewing them before you do that. Your word was I pounced because your eyes saw something that gave you an indicator. There was another believer sister. That's early church. Then the last time you leaned in, you just gave an invite, knowing where the Holy Spirit is working and we join him. At the dialysis unit, I made a button that says, can I pray for you today? I made this and I wear it at work and you wouldn't believe the number of patients, even staff have came up to me and said, will you pray for me today? So I just thank God for the great opportunity. He is using me to be able to let them know 
know that there is hope, that he is real, and it's just draw close to him and he will draw near to you. And it's just awesome. And, and that's how I said, God's not done with me yet. God is still using me and it's just, it's paying off and I just love it. I, I love that, Lisa. I love that. And you're giving them the testimony. So it's not just words on a button. You're showing yeah. them they're, they're living because you're so vocal to share. They're hearing the modern day stories of how God has answered prayer. And that's yeah, the hope. Yes. That's the hope. Yes. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. Lisa, thank you for sharing your time and thank you for sharing your story with us. Well, I just hope that the ladies out there, this is something that you can use take notes, pray about it. Let God use you in a way that you see fit. I'm not scared. I'm definitely not because I know I have Jesus behind me. And so he will, if it's according to his will, he will use you and use you in the right way. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. Ladies, listen to that. Let that sink in and spend a few minutes with God. Just just pull out for a few moments of solitude with him and maybe ask this question, who am I right now? And God, what are you doing in me right now? Those are some good ponder questions. So, all right, ladies, thank you for sharing your Friday with us. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, a blessed Sabbath, and I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.